recovering from a very uh, serious surgery this week, so please pray for Bill and Brenda. Uh, Karen Priest Morris, new to our last defender, Wendy McGee, uh, with a brain tumor. Uh, Johnny Dillon, Helen's son, uh, has some health issues going on and they need your prayers. And that's just a few names, but we have prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 6.30 in the Fellowship Hall, and we'd love to have you join us for that. Uh, let's pray together. Father, thank you for First Baptist Church of Sandy Spring, for the past and the present and the future. We thank you, Lord, for these mentioned, for Bill and Karen and Johnny and Hal and Hayes. We pray for Scott and his family. And as we mentioned these few names, there are dozens, if not hundreds, that we could mention of people that, are, that we love that are on our minds and in our hearts. And Father, we ask that you would see to all of our needs. Father, we pray for our spiritual needs, and we ask that you not only meet them, but surpass them. We thank you for the blessing of this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's my privilege today to participate in the public dedication of Emerson Eve Haynes. Emerson is on her way up here with her mommy and daddy. Emerson was born on June the 3rd, so she's two and a half months old. And I don't think I mentioned yet, she's my granddaughter. <laughs> this is my daughter, Ellen. And Ellen and Charles stood here December the 2nd of 2017 and were married at First Baptist Church of St. Springs. I think it's probably fair to say that were not for the First Baptist Church of Sandy Springs, Emerson wouldn't be here. Unless God would have done something else. Because 42 years ago, God brought Byron and Nancy Sashman to this church. And then Mitch and Donna, Mitch Hagen's Donna Sashman, were married in 1977, right here. And a lot of history is in this place. And so before we do our dedication for this little angel, we're going to ask if you are related to Emerson, if you would come join me.
charge Ellen and Charles. To dedicate to Emerson, the two of you first must be dedicated. And you are. Emerson will grow up in church. Not this one, but one closer to the house. But she'll come visit very, very, very often here. It has been fun to watch because before Ellen was born, when my bride was expecting Ellen, we started praying for that baby, not knowing if it was a boy or a girl, whoever it would marry. When the time came, when in utero, Ellen was in utero, and we began praying for this one. Not by name. We didn't know his name. But we prayed that whoever our child would marry would be a Christian from a strong Christian family. You think God answers prayer? That's what happened. We did the same prayer for our son, Taylor. And they might be watching today online. That prayer was answered with our daughter-in-law, Stephanie. So, start praying early. Just wanted to give you a heads up on that. So, Ellen and Charles, as dedicated Christians, will raise Emerson in church, but it's not a Sunday thing, as you know. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And they love Jesus. And Emerson will hear that at church and at home, and we'll have a great time. So remember that. To the family, there's a lot of them here. Are we divided here? This is okay. No, no y'all are over there too? Okay. Your job is when you already do so well. To love Emerson. To pray for Emerson. To encourage Emerson to be godly examples for Emerson. And to help her mom and dad, you would take up a collection and pay for her college education. <laughs> Throw that out there now. Get that one out there for a week. A charge to the church. New members, new friends, and those that have been here forever. It's our job as a church to provide a positive environment. A welcoming, wonderful, magical place where we model the love of Christ. And so in days ahead, and we started VBS again, we've had a couple of years of VBS now, Emerson will be at VBS. And some of you are going to need to teach. Some of you are going to need to help. And some of you are going to need to work in the nursery. You're all going to need to encourage and to love. I guess what I'm saying is we're all in this together. Especially mom and dad. And Emerson has been blessed with a wonderful mom and dad. What we're going to do at this time is have a prayer dedication for Emerson. And I'm going to ask her great-grandfather, Byron Satchel, to come and meet us in that prayer. Lord, we're so privileged today to gather here in your house. This house means, which means so much to so many of us for so many years. 
We are reminded today, Father, of your love and your care for us. And we are truly reminded of your faithfulness, both to us as a church family and to our family and to our loved ones and to each and every one of us. We thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that we have the blessed hope of knowing that we will spend eternity with you, Father, if we have received you as our Savior. And this is through your shed blood. Lord, we thank you also today for precious little Emerson, who you brought into our family. We love her and thank you so much for her, for Charles and Ellen, and we know that they've dedicated themselves to training her and bringing her up to know you. We thank you as a family, Lord, that so many of us as a family have witnessed your faithfulness to us. And Father, we commit ourselves, each of us, to you through our teaching, through the love that we give her, through our love for you, that we pledge ourselves, Father, to try to do everything we can to make sure she comes to know Jesus and receives you as her personal Savior. Thank you so much, Father, for this wonderful time and the blessing of this precious little life in our family. Amen. Thank you. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, 
and the Lord will raise him or her up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. So confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great effectiveness. Donna and I grew up in this church during our high school years and returned shortly after Pastor David and Jeannie arrived. It was not a demonstration of loyalty to David. It was a call by Christ to do something in a fresh ministry, in a fresh way. There are many observations as we arrived here six years ago. Love for one another. Friendliness. A willingness to minister to those in need. But the greatest uh, attribute of the church at that time, and I think even today, is this is a praying church. Now every church has its own moniker. If you um, drive by a church uh, not far from here, in very large letters across their building, they have a um, perfect place for people who aren't. That's a church. Others talk about their mission or their ministry. Well, I can tell you, those of you who are guests today, those of you who've returned today, and those of you who attend routinely today, is that we are praying people, praying for people. That's First Baptist. That's the ministry God has given us. That's the gifts and talents that he supported us with by bringing people just like you into this fellowship routinely and often. We are a praying church. And in the room today, we have cancer survivors. How Bennett is one. For those of you who are guests and do not know how, and Carolyn, they've had a long year. But God's grace is sufficient, and he's here. We have people who need employment today. The merging of companies sometimes creates a gap, and some of us fall into that gap. And we have people who need employment today. We have people who need insurance today. We have people whose children are going to be married shortly today. We have widows and widowers today. We have highly educated people and those without much education in the room today. All of that fades away when you look at what James said to the New Testament church. The prayer of a righteous person doesn't say a wealthy person, doesn't say a person of means and nobility, doesn't say an educated person, it doesn't say a person who has it all together, doesn't say an employed person, it doesn't say a person with cancer, it says a righteous person. And our righteousness comes not from the what we do or what we say, even in a moment like this, it doesn't come from this, it comes from Christ. Our grace and His right, our grace, His grace is sufficient for you and me, and it is His righteousness that He gives to us. So, for me to you, in this first of three uh, vignettes for today, we are a praying church. Describe us any way that you like. 
but God has uniquely qualified us and gifted us to meet the prayer needs of others in this place. And so in keeping with that, would you pray with me, please? Lord Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for this place. We thank you for its purpose and meaning. Lord, we thank you for the gifts of each believer in this room and the talents of all who are here. We ask, Father, that in these moments people would consider where they're using those gifts and talents and are they using them in a vibrant, meaningful way for the kingdom of Christ. And if not, might you tug at their heart on our behalf. Lord, thank you for this assembly, eternally appointed to be here this day. We give you thanks in the name of Christ. Amen.
very much for joining me in the choir today. We have some people up there that were in the youth choir back in the 70s and 80s. And we have some, some new members that have never sung before with us. So they were there today. So thank you so much. May we stand as we turn to hymn number 438 and sing the first and the last stanza. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul.
Peach University in Indiana and now in Georgia. And one of the stars of our class was my friend Ashley Harris. And Ashley is a new homeowner. Uh, just bought her first house, and we're so proud of Ashley. And we're so glad she's a part of our family. And Ashley's going to come and share with you at this time.
for church. So um, I drove past accidentally this church, saw it on the corner, what's his first Baptist church in Sandy Springs thing? Let me try it. So I tried it one Sunday, biggest selling point, 10.30 start time. You can sleep in a little, it doesn't take the whole day. Uh, great, great starting point here. So when I walked in, I was greeted with a hug, none of this handshake stuff. A hug, smiles, warm faces, so many people introducing themselves to me. And this guy came and scooted in my pew and was like, hey, I'm David. church, had moved away, ended up coming back, yada yada. It was really kind of nice, but in the moment I was sweating, nerves. And so uh, then church service started, and David never mentioned he, he mentioned he was a pastor of the church, so <laughs> Reverend Shivers came up here. I think it's because he still doesn't like me to call him Reverend Shivers. He started calling me Reverend Ashley, and I think it's to remind me he's just David. <laughs> But anyway, it, that really meant something to me. It showed me, hey, this guy's connected to his congregation. He pays attention. He's asking, are you new? No, I'm good and well, I was new. Um, introduced himself and just, I really felt like he cared. And that's kind of how I, in the church where I was raised, that's how it was. The pastors were my friends. They were like father figures to me and I knew them my whole life and it just felt right. Um, but it wasn't just him. It was all of you. So I travel a lot, sometimes for fun, vacations, sometimes for work. And so the next Sunday, I was not here. I mean, I just tried it once, okay? I wasn't committed. It was just trying it out. But I decided to come back that third week. Man, were you on me. Ashley, where were you? We missed you. You weren't here last week. What's going on? Um, and it's pretty much been like that for the past two and a half, three years it's been. can't believe it's been that long, but if I don't tell you guys that I'm going somewhere in advance, you are on me. And it's good to be missed. I don't have family that lives here in Atlanta, so, um, but I do now. So I really appreciate that. It, we are a praying church that was missing from my life, and it's back, and I love it. So, um... Segwaying into some of the programs here, Reverend Shiver David asked me to speak on Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's class. So I took this class shortly after college when I had on my student home debt, and it was ridiculous. I was trying to stay focused. Um, and I asked him, hey, have you ever heard of this guy, Dave Ramsey, um, and his Financial Peace class? I had no idea at the time that his son Taylor actually works for Dave in Tennessee. And I asked him, would it be possible to bring the program here? Because it helped me at one point get out of debt, and now I have some other goals that I'm saving for. And I keep going on trips and like being frivolous, and I just need to stay focused. And I would love to have a support group of people to help me focus on those goals. And the great thing about the class is it helps you no matter where you are, whether you're getting out of debt, whether you're already out of debt, or paying off a mortgage, or saving for retirement, or um, already retired and learning how you can give generously in different ways, or how you might 
introduce it to your children or grandchildren. It's a really great program. And he did bring it here. I've attended it now twice here. Once you go the first time, you can go for free for life. And um, it's great. I was able to meet some of my goals. For my 35th birthday, I went on my first solo international trip to Spain. Completely, I would not have been able to do it without the influence of that class. And as he said, I recently just purchased my first home. And the, the encouragement from the people here and from that class, and it, it's fantastic. I got to know some of you a little more personally when you attended the class, but it brings a lot of new faces. People who aren't members of the church go to this class, just like I did the first time. I just found it online and went to whatever church was offering it that happened to be closest to me. So it's a great opportunity to share the church with others and to let them get to know you so that should they come here on some random Sunday, they don't feel like a stranger. Not that y'all would ever let them feel like anyway. But um, I'm very grateful for this program, the Wednesday night Bible studies, which I've been slacking on, but I did in the beginning, got to know several of you, and just in general, whenever I need to talk or I'm feeling a little off, the ability to speak with our pastor and be reminded of things like gratitude and how to practice them really means a lot. So some of you grew up in this church, some of us have just found it. Thank <laughs> you. 
excited to have my friend Sam Still come and share his connection to us. And we are blessed to have Sam, Barbara, and the boys with us today. So, Sherry, you think you've got a hard act to follow? I got to follow Ashley. <laughs> So uh, David asked me to, to, to talk about what this church means to me, and really what I'm going to talk about is what this church means to me and my father. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know me, my name is Sam Still. Uh, I'm recent to the church, and uh, my father just passed away in the last couple months, and uh, absolutely love this church, as do I. Um, so I want to tell you why. I'm going to kind of cover some of the things that Ashley covered because it's really about that welcoming spirit of this church which is so incredibly important. But, uh, so my mother passed away about three years ago. Uh, my parents were from a very small town in Mississippi and that got too big for them so they decided to move to a really small town in Arkansas, which was less than a thousand people. They absolutely loved it there. Uh, they retired. They had a great time and uh, lived great lives. My mother passed away and my father was not able to take care of himself. So I was fortunate enough to be able to have him come to Atlanta and live with me. But let me explain what that means. Uh, a country farm boy from Mississippi who spent his whole life in Mississippi and then left to go to Arkansas is suddenly in the middle of metropolitan Atlanta. Uh, not a good place. Uh, he did not understand what was going on. He just was constantly fascinated by the number of cars that were on the road. And how can there be 12 lanes, Sam? This is, just doesn't make any sense. So he was really struggling just being in Atlanta. Uh, and frankly, we were trying. Uh, we're members of St. Catholic Church. Um, I knew that taking my father to the Catholic Church was not going not to work, um, being a Southern Baptist. But uh, so we tried several churches, uh, and, and they were all wonderful churches, but uh, they were big. They were a little bit impersonal. I won't name those churches, but you know, I was getting desperate. Uh, my dad was not happy, and he just, that was a very important thing to him was to have church home and he did not have that and, uh, and I was I was getting desperate to the point that Ashley talks about a very um, methodical way that she found this church I went on the internet and I found a picture of this building and it looks exactly like the church I grew up in in Batesville Mississippi minus a balcony and I said Okay, let's try that one. And that just proves that God works in mysterious ways because we walked in the front. Uh, I think the first person we met as we walked in was David. Uh, and uh, we kind of told him a brief version of our story and that we're from Mississippi. And David starts talking about his connections to Mississippi and his wife from Mississippi. And my dad just lit up. Did a little fist bump out there on the, uh, on the sidewalk. Uh, the only downside was it was all Mississippi State related, and I was on this guy, so. <laughs> but, you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? So, um, 
just from that point on forward, every time we came to the church, everyone was so welcoming. Everyone was so sincerely excited to see you. You know, some of the other churches, people come up and talk to you, and they mean well. But there's a difference between talking to somebody because you've been kind of given that charge and what happens here. Because what happens here is a sincere, we're happy to see you. If you weren't here last week, well, everything okay? Are you good? You know, that kind of thing. Asking about your family, asking about my dad, if my dad was not here. So it, 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 it it just meant, it's hard to describe, but it meant so much to my father. I can't tell you, I could not get him to go out really anywhere else or do anything else with regularity, but this is the place that he wanted to be on Sunday morning no matter what. And I did my best to get him there as, as often as I could. And it's just a great family. And I'll give you a, a, a little story about quickly it becomes a family because this story would not have gone maybe as well otherwise. But my father just recently passed away and uh, uh, we had the funeral back in Mississippi, surrounded by family. Good time, right? That's what funerals are for. It's a chance to get with your, with your family and celebrate your, your relative's life. And David was kind enough to, to perform the ceremony, drove all the way back to Mississippi. Let's do that. And uh, only a family church and only a family congregation that really trusts each other would have a preacher come into a funeral in the middle of Old Miss country and somehow manage to work in the words, Hail State. Two minutes, and I'm done. 
In the book of Colossians, Paul is bragging about Jesus. He says this in chapter 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. And I've always loved verse 17. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Emerson is held together. You and I are held together. This church is held together by Jesus. And we should be thankful. So today, I celebrate family and church all of it held together by Jesus. I'm glad to include Mitch and Ashley and Sam and you and my family held together by Christ. There are so many stories in this room. One that Sam will appreciate that occurred this morning. Matt and Macy, two faithful old Miss graduates are in the back. Raise your hands in the back. <laughs> Matt and Macy just got engaged. They've asked me to do their wedding, and we don't have a date yet, but it's going to be at the chapel at Ole Miss. <laughs> so Sam is thankful for that. <laughs> I want you to meet sometimes, and maybe next year at homecoming, my new friend Omid, who started coming here. And I don't know Omid here today. I haven't seen him, but he's from Iran. And he's a dedicated Christian, and he can't go back home to Iran because he would then kill him. And his life is held together by Jesus. Like yours and like mine. Like Gloria Robinson's that said, see us later to Mr. Tom, who went to heaven a few months ago. Like Bob Clore sat next to her, who was in the hospital, and they didn't know he was going to make it. Well, he did. Like David and Tammy, who've got a wedding coming up in a couple of weekends. Their youngest daughter, Kelly. Like all of us, held together by Jesus. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Years ago, some of us were at Jake Malone's house, our minister of activities. The pretty large youth group, and Jake said something I will never forget. Because it was a big group and school was about to start, the people were about to go off to college. Jake looked at us and he said, you know, this group will never be together again. This exact group will never be together again. And that's probably true of this exact group, isn't it? And then Jake said, until we get to heaven, and we'll be together. Jake went to heaven about five years ago. And I look forward to being with that group one day. Because Jesus holds all things together here and preparing us for there. We're so thankful that you're part of our church. Regularly or every now and then when you sneak up from Florida or wherever you come from, we're glad that you are part. If you're new, we would love you to be back with us. We would love all of you to pray for us as we pray for you. We're going to have a meal in just a moment. Uh, 
and we're going to grab hands and sing in just a second. But before the blessing for the meal, Mitch is somewhere, and he's going to give us instructions. He's on his way down the pew, even, and down the aisle, even as we speak. We'll perhaps put in a word for the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> So uh, here's the deal. There's a lot of people who will spend a few minutes fellowshipping. That's good. Uh, there'll be a line. They can only serve so many of us as quickly as they can. Um, uh, so what we're going to do is uh, you're going to fellowship, and those who would like to get in line, we're going to do that uh, down this hall uh, to my right, uh, your left. We'll go out the door, make a little loop to the left, and right in front of the window. Uh, we have hot dogs and hamburgers. Inside the Fellowship Hall are the peach pies and the apple pies. They're at this end of the Fellowship Hall, so you'll find that. Condiments are on the far end of the Fellowship Hall. As you're coming back in, there are drinks in a big tub. And yes, uh, in addition to Coca-Cola products, we have Diet Dr. Pepper. We will be very pleased by that, especially the Orgeron family. We, uh, there's seating in the fellowship hall, there's seating in the welcome center, there's seating in the lobby. Uh, find you a comfortable place and visit with friends and have lunch uh, on us with the varsity. The only thing I would uh, suggest to you is that it's, uh, you know, and I know, it's a hot day. And there are people working in that truck for us right now. And uh, yes, we, we're, we're, lunch is paid for, so you needn't worry. But if you would like to do anything related to a tip, we're going to have a basket on the table as you go out the doors. If you'd like to help us with a tip for them, uh, just to say thank you on a very hot day in that kitchen, uh, uh, we'd be grateful to receive that. The only other thing I'd say to you today is uh, across the street at the corner of Mount Vernon and Glenbridge, uh, is Misty Creek Community Church. They're meeting in Providence Place and we've invited their staff to join us for lunch today. So if you see people with name tags that don't look like our name tags, uh, that's who they are, and please offer them the right hand of fellowship, and uh, we're looking very much forward to having quite a number of them join us for lunch uh, this, this afternoon. So ask them. Before we pray, we have a new church member filling out a connect card last week. Terry Gutmillie, Terry, raise your hand wherever you are.
this day for the pieces that you fit together here and you hold all things together. Thank you for this special place. Thank you for our food. We pray that you bless it to our bodies. And Father, that you bless our fellowship this day. As we dedicate Emerson today, we dedicate our lives to Jesus. That's what we'll have in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stay in the group of folks that are on. You see someone who can't be safe.